I saw a little road rage incident. Are you, are you a road rager? Do you, do you have road rage or do you uh, have road rage? Mild, moderate. Uh, Emily would probably tell you that I'm more of a moderate to severe. Um, <laughs> I haven't ever like had a physical altercation, um, yeah. potential, um, but they're just so, I, I don't advocate for, for road rage violence, but I can see how it escalates. Honestly. Yeah. I can, because there are so many inconsiderate, filthy assholes out there um, <laughs> doing like. You're they, not even in the car right now and I can hear the rage. Well, I mean, there are just so many people and it's. And it's just not like, you know, I feel when people like today talk about road rage, it's, you know, they're talking about people on their phones. It is, it is beyond people on their phones. It is just basic driving skills. Right. And it's pretty fucking infuriating how, how um, inconsiderate people are with yeah. your driving. So, I mean, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to be able to run a person off the road, <laughs> cause a car accident, explain why I ran them off and then take them to the hospital if I have to, but then they'll fucking learn their lesson of why they're an asshole and probably shouldn't be driving. Get fucking Uber. I mean, there are there are so many people out there that shouldn't drive. So yeah. All right. So mild to moderate sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, I I did have before I get to today's incident. I I I was in St. John about two weeks ago. Okay. I was. going to turn into that target in St. John. Okay. But then just as I was going to, I got another order. So I like had to head back. I, I, I was going to go to target to look for something. I was already out there to, to do an order and, and I was going to stop there and look for something. And, but as I was turning, like, I was like, oh shit, I can't go. I have to go back. So there were no other cars around. There was like a car coming like a few hundred feet in the opposite direction, but I had plenty of time to just like do a U-turn and like go back the other direction. Okay. U-turn and in the intersection and go back the other direction. And as soon as I look up, I see that the car that was a few hundred feet away evidently must have like floored it just as I was doing a U-turn because he was like right behind me. Okay. And I can see his arms like waving, like, and I can tell that he's like saying some not nice things to me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like, there's no, like you kind of brought this on yourself by going so fast. You weren't going that fast beforehand. I have no idea how you covered that much ground in like half a second, but whatever. So, and there's like construction going on there. So it's one lane. So he's driving behind me for like the half a mile or mile of construction. And then after we get out of the construction, he comes up and he drives like right next to me. Uh I'm like ignoring him. Like I'm not going to look over and like, you know, he's raving. Was he like watching you? 
I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look, I, I, he was even with me. So I'm sure that he was like, you know, yelling or giving me the finger or right. something. I just infuriated him even more by not acknowledging it. Right. Those are the people that you swerve at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the people you swerve at. I'm not <laughs> swerving at anybody. But, um, so then, you know, we, we went another like half mile or whatever. And then, all of a sudden, there's another truck. He's in a company truck. He's in a, I think it was a Nipsco truck, actually, the, the utilities truck. Wow, that's ballsy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's another Nipsco truck ahead. Uh-huh. And so he's next to me, and the Nipsco truck ahead of me is, like, going super slow in the left lane, like, in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then the truck next to me slows down. So for the next two miles... We're just going like just under the speed limit because I can't get around the truck in front of me and the truck next to me is like hanging in just the right part. So I can't get around that. Did they fucking box you in? Yes, they boxed me in. They organized this. Yeah, for like like close to two miles. It was a long time. And, um, damn, man, they really showed you, huh? (laughs) That's what I thought. Like, I'm sure that they were like waiting for some kind of reaction from me. Right. I didn't do a thing. I just drove. I didn't look at, I didn't look at the guy next to me. I like, we, we even stopped at a red light. I picked up my phone and I was looking at my phone at the red light. Like I am not even going to acknowledge that I even know anything's going on here. Cause you guys are obviously trying to teach me a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, Come on, shut the hell up and drive your stupid truck. You idiot. So and and I thought to myself, like, I'm going to call that number on the back and get his truck number. And, but, like, I'm never going to do that. Like, because right. that's the thing about road rage. Like, after it's over, it's over and you don't care. Like, you're mad about it for five minutes later and then it's just like, ah, uh, whatever. Right. You know? Or at least it is for me. Like, come on. Yeah. But, but um, the incident today, I was, at, I was at Meyer and I was driving around the back of the store and – I saw like ahead as I was coming around the corner of the back of the store, these two cars are like flying across the parking lot, like next to each other. And then they go to that back entrance and the one car is on the wrong side. It's only a single lane for each way. The one car is on the wrong side of the road and pulls up to the car that's parked there or that's at the stop sign. And like, I can see the guy just like his arms waving and like pointing at the guy and he was going to turn left, but then when the other car turned right, he changed his mind and turned right and followed the other car. And I was turning right too. So I followed them, but like left some space behind. And I was like, I, I hope I don't get shot or see somebody get shot or see somebody get like run off the road here. But they, they only went like a few hundred feet. And then the one car parked in, pulled into the uh, condos there and then the other car like followed them in and i thought should i follow them like in case something's happening here i can be, be a witness or something and i just decided no I, I shouldn't i should just leave and hope that they can work it out and hope there's other people around to serve as witnesses or protectors because i don't want to get get involved in whatever is about to go down here especially because like if you pull into one of those condos there's no way out right do a U-turn or, you know, you can't pull through or whatever. So oh, geez. 
really what I wanted to do was like follow them in there and just be like, what is going on between you two? Right. Like, what, what was the genesis of this disagreement that you guys have? Like, what's your fucking problem? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, did, did somebody like not let you go first in the parking lot or, you know, did somebody go into your parking space or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. What, yeah, I don't. The parking spaces isn't. I think I've talked about this before on here. Like the the people who wait for a parking space drive me crazy. Yeah, I mean, unless I can, it's raining or five below zero, or you have mobility problems, right? Get the parking space that's fifty feet farther away. You're going to get in the store sooner. It's a less of a big deal. Like you don't have to always get the closest space. Right, I'm right there with you i mean i don't know why people do that no no i've been um i got uh this was a couple months ago i might have mentioned it on here possibly i was at whole foods and this lady waited on me i was in a parking spot And she was waiting on me so she could pull. This lady was parked, but she was waiting on me to back out so she could pull forward. And I could tell that she she was getting impatient. And I'm just like, what the fuck is up with this lady? So I pulled away and watched her and she pulled forward and got out of her so she was <laughs> it just made no sense maybe she's just really bad at backing up backing up i guess although when i was a kid we had a um 1984 ford escort that was a, a five-speed manual transmission and after we had it for a couple of years uh the reverse went out on it so we couldn't back up okay. like every time that we went somewhere, we had to pull through the space because we couldn't go in reverse. It was really inconvenient. <laughs> Luckily I was only like nine, so I didn't have to worry about it. But I do remember like our driveway was on a hill, so that was fine. But like, I do remember like it being a big deal that we had to, put some thought into where we were going to park because we couldn't back up. Um, so hopefully everybody was okay after the road rage incident and it wasn't uh, too big of a deal, but I, anyway, man, I, I, uh, I read this article about what, what would they call it? Death cap mushrooms spreading across North America. And they're these mushrooms, silver green caps with a really white base. And uh, let's see, what does it say? It says, if you eat them, severe illness can start as soon as six hours later, but tends to take longer, 36 hours or more. Severe liver damage is usually apparent after 72 hours. Fatality can occur after a week or longer. And there are these mushrooms that people pick and eat, not knowing that they're poisonous. And I think it's just a bad idea to pick mushrooms and eat them. I'm not worried about these because I'm not going to do that. Right. So 
So I, I, I think if you're skilled at it, it's okay. Yeah, but in, in like, I'm sure this is something that Adam can probably pull off pretty well. Yeah, I was just about to mention he can pull it off because I've been with him. Right. But when he's picking shit. And and I have I have confidence in him being able to do this. Mm-hmm. But like I think that if you're picking mushrooms, like there's probably nobody picking mushrooms and eat them, eating them who says to themselves, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to pick this and see what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That it's would be us. That would be something that gives you a false sense of security or you have to have like a baseline confidence to even try it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to do like, you know, some skateboard trick unless I think I can pull off the skateboard trick, but tons of people think they can pull it off and then they end up with a broken arm. So like they're just practicing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, with my don't practice and see like i was all about this is the time of year for um morel mushrooms i think it might be a little bit late for them actually but like to hunt morel mushrooms which are really good and like really expensive and i was really intrigued by this like 10 years ago and i wanted to i think you and i might have even talked about maybe going there's a place down near bloomington i think that has like great morel mushroom hunting and um i was really into it and i was gonna go but then i discovered that there's another mushroom that looks very close to the morale that if you pick that and you eat it you can get sick oh shit so then i was like i'm not that confident that i'm going to be able to tell the difference between a morale and this other poisonous one so i'm just going to buy them at a store right i mean i mean it takes lots of research and Probably not the practice eating it research. I mean, just like <laughs> right. studying it. And, but yeah. I mean, it's you no know, being with Ad, I, I've um, been with him when he's picked mushrooms, greens, and leeks. And yeah. then uh, we, driving back to his house, he fucking pulls over by kind of this gas station and picks a piece of fruit off the tree and he 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 like did this on his bike ride to work he like knew oh yeah you know riding his bike he would like look around and he like knew what was out there and and and, you know where we pick the leeks and mushrooms and greens it's literally on the side of the road i mean right in yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, he he just knows. He he's not human. He that guy's fucking Batman. Okay, he, Adam Adam is Batman. So, <laughs> well, the other thing about this mushroom thing, this article that um, that was talking about it, they they're setting the scene for like this guy going around and looking at these mushrooms. And it's in um, Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. It says it's between a sidewalk and a cinder, cinder block wall. And there's um, there's magnolia bushes nearby. And then it says an abandoned, sir, an abandoned syringe lie on the ground nearby. 
an abandoned syringe? Why are you eating mushrooms that are near an abandoned syringe? That's like a deal breaker. Whether that's poisonous or not, you shouldn't eat a mushroom that's nearby a syringe. <laughs> that I mean, I'm no hunter-gatherer, but I'm pretty sure you shouldn't do that. Kind of a red flag. Yeah, no kidding. And so, so you just at a term that's interesting, uh, hunter-gatherer. Right, because often the um, the activity that we're speaking of is called mushroom hunting. Ah, and that's really yeah. it's m- m- uh, m- uh, mushroom gathering, right? I mean, you're not yeah. killing anything. You're not like. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess, in the sense that you don't know where they are, and you're looking for them. That way, if you're using hunting that way. Kind of sounds like gathering to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Hmm. Well, mushroom gathering. Maybe it's just to make the mushroom gatherers sound tougher. Right. Hardcore. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, to me, people that do that... Um, go mushroom we'll call it hunting people Mm -hmm. that go mushroom hunting and then can identify plants and trees and no i think that's fuck that's an admirable skill i think yeah it's so interesting they they definitely probably have other skills that are that are that we would call tough they're the type of people that i want when i'm lost yeah right if you're if you're in the Blair Witch Woods, you want them with you, right? Um, that would be a good place to be right now in quarantine, like just lost in the Blair Witch Woods, nobody else is around. Yeah, yeah, but don't go to the house though. End up um, in a fucking corner and shit. That last scene of that movie, <laughs> to me, well, it like makes it all worth it. That like final scene. Makes what the whole movie worth it? Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that so. yeah, that final scene is just so disturbing. Like, it oh is. man, I think I've only seen that movie that one time that we saw it in the theaters. Yeah, I think I'm. I might have seen it two or three times. Yeah, once in the theater and then uh, on, on cable or whatever. Um, yeah. It's good. It's uh, I like it, it. It loses a little bit when you realize that it's not like actual found footage or whatever. Mm-hmm. But whether it's found excellent uh, marketing campaign, though. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember watching before it came out. They like ran the documentary on like a and e or amc or whatever it fucking came out on and it yeah yeah looked awesome that's one of those things though that i mean they tried that that same thing with other films after that like right. found footage films and uh-huh. like after the first time you you catch on that like okay this is just a stunt you know it's not actual found footage. right 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 now they just label it label it all as uh based on a 
true story. Yeah, yeah. Like every fucking movie based on actual actual events based on a true story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I haven't seen Brian my son Brian and my daughter and I went to see a horror movie <sighs> Strangers or something it was called in the theater and that was like a couple years ago and we were sitting there and like parts of it were so ridiculous we laughed but like parts of it were actually somewhat scary mm-hmm. and I miss seeing that I, I want to go to more horror movies and actually any movie right now would be good but horror movies specifically will charge so this is interesting so you bring up a good point here is when things get lifted um in the you know quote unquote new normal do you think movie theaters will be in business at all because when you run the numbers they're like movies are making more money with people watching them at home than they do in the theater right so really do you need a you're really gonna find out whether are we watching the movie any more because of the whole experience or just the whole, you know, I can fucking watch a movie anywhere and I'm still as satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do think that there's still something legitimate about the communal experience of watching a movie mm-hmm. or, you know, seeing it on a big screen. Um, right. Right. Yeah, part, but but I but I I think it's because it's been um, kind of marketed that yeah. way. I I think the whole marketing will fucking change. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because there's you know there's something to be said about just seeing it from the comfort of your own home right. too. You know, kind of like a fucking uh, football game. I mean, I right. I like I love the NFL. But I will never ever set foot in a fucking NFL stadium. Why is that? Just because the cost, or well, the it's it's so uncomfortable. I can be at right. home yeah. getting drunk on my own, eating mm-hmm. what I want when I want, warm and being entertained and having a view, rather right. than go through the fucking hassle being around drunk fox freezing your ass off and not being able to see. And, you know, then I always hear, well, I mean, you can get views of, you know, things you can't get on TV. Well, I already watched the All-22 tape on the NFL Network. So I don't fucking yeah. really care. <laughs> so, right, right. So really yeah. there's, there's there's really no point point to heading to to a football game ever. I mean unless the whole like tailgating thing, I understand that, blah blah blah. But fuck yeah. that. I can do that at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But so how, how do you think that's different from baseball? I mean, there's something to a baseball stadium because baseball stadiums are more intimate. Um, Probably because fucking baseball is, isn't, isn't in December. And oh yeah, that's when, true. When it's in April, I don't fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like to me, baseball is a, isn't as, um, I don't know, <laughs> route like rowdy or rowdy, yeah. I mean, you you fucking have thousands of people in a parking lot and then at an NFL game getting fucking hammered, and that's yeah. fun. I mean, I totally get behind getting drunk any chance i can <laughs> but but i don't want to be around all these fucking wild cards yeah so yeah. and and at baseball games um like i choose seating based on that i mean like back when we were younger it's just like okay just get in wherever sit wherever now it's just like i'm gonna kind of choose the fucking bougie seats because the <laughs> risk of a drunk asshole being around me decreases the fucking more i pay <laughs> yeah well so, yeah, to know. an extent i mean i've been i've been by plenty of i have also but it's risk level yeah yeah I, but nothing drives me crazy more than like paying for good seats at Wrigley mm -hmm. and then being stuck behind some like, you know, Chicago mercantile exchange bros who were there after right. work and just being obnoxious and like, right. Oh God, can you just go somewhere else, please? Right. But, um, yeah. I, but I, I, I think like over like movie theaters are hurting anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I, you know, I really think this might speed up their, their, um, not, not extinction, but their thinning out. Yeah, I, I think, I think you could be right. Um, and I, but I think also another thing that helps with that is the popularity of, and we've talked about it before, of, streaming television choices mm -hmm. like you know if you think about the the popularity of netflix series and amazon series and just like the good television that's on mm -hmm. people are just used to seeing a high quality product in their home now right so if if they're less likely to go to a theater because they can get this good entertainment at home. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the movies want to compete with that more. Um, yeah. I, I mean, when I, I watched, when I watched um, once upon a time in Hollywood, I liked it. I, I loved it. But I, as I watched it, I did think, man, I wish I would have seen this in a theater. Yeah. You know? And when I saw like rocket man, that Elton John movie, I was really glad that I saw it in a theater. Cause it was just like a big production movie, you know, and it was great to see it on a big screen. And when I saw, um, um, 
what the hell is the name of the movie? A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it in the theater. And, you know, I loved seeing it on a small screen, but I just thought it would have been even better to see it on a big screen, you know? Mm-hmm. So those just certain types of movies like that, I think it really pays to go to a big screen. But, right, you know, the, the ability of people to just watch it in their homes, I think is quite appealing. And I think, I think at the very least, we're going to see a lot more films released to the theater and to home because to give people the option, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing I was reading today, um, art, like the baseball park at Arlington, the oh yeah, new park, they're doing, drive-in concerts or they're talking about that um driving concerts yeah yes so you drive to the concert you get either i can't quite remember what the setup is but they you buy your fucking ticket you drive there okay and uh, and i wasn't quite um, certain of uh, if you're like just driving to the fucking parking lot or onto the field or what are you like I right. you can't picture you driving onto the fucking field so but yeah. maybe the band or whatever is performing outside of the park but then you like tune in to an FM radio station and you sit in your car and watch a show Huh. Which, for me, and if you do this, hey, that's fucking awesome. But for me, that's pretty much the equivalent of me driving and listening to XM radio. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's not... Yeah, I mean, you're... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like listening to those, you know, Pearl Jam live shows. Yeah. Uh-huh. Radio. Yeah. You know. I mean, it, it, which is awesome, but I mean, I think... For me, you know, you you love the the movie theater and the experience and the ambiance. I mean, for a concert, that is the whole point, right? Is yeah, to be there, not yeah, not in your car. I yeah, mean, just fucking record it and, and then I'll listen to it when I have time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, let's not forget that the, I think Pearl Jam still holds the record for the most releases in like the Billboard Top 200 at one time when mm-hmm. they released all of those concert CDs in yeah. 2000. And they had like, I don't know, something like 15 albums in the Top 200 at once because right. of concert CDs. Uh I'm surprised more artists don't do that. Don't really. I mean, may, I don't know. Maybe they do, and I'm just not into them. But like, or maybe it's maybe it's something specific to a rock band like Pearl Jam that there's an endless thirst for their rock, their their live performance. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think back when they created it, it was very cutting edge. I mean, it was yeah. Nobody did that before, and people still don't do that i i think you you uh, have have uh, access 
to bits and pieces, and I could be wrong. I don't know of other bands that release every show. I'm sure there are, okay? Yeah, I um, think Jack White did something like that. Yeah. I think... I don't know if it was on an entire tour or a show where he actually arranged to for everybody leaving the show Mm -hmm. to get a copy of the show. Right. And like, as they were going out the door, but I, or I don't know if he did that or if he was trying to do that or what, because I can't imagine like how difficult that would be to make that many copies. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the, the details of it. But um, just to backtrack a couple on, on a couple of things, the um, well, here I read this piece by Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters in the Atlantic, talking about when when will be in con- when there will be concerts again, and um, you know he obviously nobody knows and he doesn't know, but he was talking about how important live music is in concerts and how it's like all about the shared experience with strangers. And like when you're at a concert, like everybody's your friend. And even though you might not see them again, you know, um, except going back again to that Dave Matthews band concert where the one guy peed on another, like those guys were not friends. Right. Right. There are multiple concerts where I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, here, here, here's a, here's a chance for a good story that I don't think we've told. Okay. The, uh, you and I went to, uh, PJ 20, the Pearl Jam 20th anniversary. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I think so. Yeah. And, um, at Alpine Valley in September of 2011, it was a Saturday and Sunday night concert on Labor Day weekend. And I think it was the second show, first show or second show, these guys were parked next to us in the parking lot while we were tailgating like all afternoon. And this dude was drinking all afternoon. And then when it came time to get in the concert, to go into this concert, he had passed out and never made it into the concert. (laughs) And we came back out later that night to find him I think he had sobered up by then, but it was the first night because we saw him. That's right. It was the first night because we saw him the second day inside the concert and he decided to go in earlier, but he was so drunk. Not only did he not make it into the concert, but he actually peed in his pants (laughs) outside of the concert. So some, I mean, that was a great weekend, a great couple of concerts. Some somewhere, some other dude is telling quite a different story about that weekend. Well, um, do you remember uh, uh, on the second night the dude in front of us who uh, was was just fucking passed out? He, he oh he no, <laughs> he, actually he was behind us. Uh, because I just pulled up the picture on my Facebook page. I had jumped into the room behind him and took a picture with him. Yeah, I, I saw that recently. My kids, saw, I think when I was going through my stuff when I was moving. I was giving a thumbs up? Yeah, you were I, giving a thumbs up and like totally, my, yeah. In I the think pavilion, his friend was, fucking took the picture. Who did? His friend took the picture. 
like with our camera yeah. or something? Yeah, <laughs> because you're in your seat looking, laughing, and and I'm by the guy. Give Wait, did we up. know? Huh? Did we know the guy? Not the drunk guy, but did we know his friend? I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's, I don't. I don't know if we we ran into him like around when we were tailgating or maybe yeah. night one. I don't know, but I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, picture. I I had forgotten about that because uh, one of my kids thought that I was the passed out guy that you, that you were giving. Oh. I was like, no, that wasn't me. Like yeah. I wasn't passed out. It was just some strange dude. Yeah, man. Can you imagine like being so psyched to go to those concerts and then just like totally missing it? Actually, maybe Mike took the picture because I because I'm looking at the comments and he uh, Mike mentioned that that dude was passed out on the lawn the the, the night before. <laughs> oh man. He had a rough couple nights. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but so anyway, Dave Grohl wrote this thing and he was talking about, you know, the shared experience of strangers. And then he was talking about how he, you know, even though he's a big rock star, he goes to, he goes to concerts too. Mm-hmm. And just so he can experience being a fan at these concerts. And he was talking about the um, U2 tour in 2001. Mm-hmm. And a show that he went to where they came out without being introduced and with the lights on and just went into a set and nobody was expecting it. It caught everybody off guard, but it made the room really small because everything was on. Everybody could see everybody. And they somehow made this huge arena seem really small and intimate just by doing that right. and everybody being under the lights. And then he told this other story about, uh, doing a show and finding out beforehand that Bruce Springsteen was at the show Mm -hmm. and like, you know, kind of nervous about Bruce Springsteen coming to see them. And then right before, you know, as they were waiting to go on Springsteen comes in the dressing room and they find out that he was actually there to see the opening band, not not to see them. (laughs) So they were like, Oh shit, never mind." But then after the show, Springsteen comes backstage again and says, you know, compliments them and tells them it was a great show or whatever. And they asked him, Dave Grohl asked him, like, where did you, from where did you watch the show? And he said, oh, I just went out into the crowd and watched it from there. Like, can you imagine being in the crowd of a, of a Foo Fighters show and you're standing next to Bruce Springsteen? That would be crazy. Yeah, does anybody, like, I don't know. It has to happen. Yeah, I mean, you you hear of people doing this i mean but like i always wondered if they're just on the side of the stage or yeah well i mean he made it clear that he was out in the crowd with everybody so somebody saw the foo fighters just hanging out you know with bruce springsteen so the boss yeah the boss pretty awesome i mean i'm not a huge springsteen fan but i would love to see him and he is pretty awesome Every, every I always say every Bruce Springsteen song sounds somewhat familiar to me. Yeah, and it's it's always like every Springsteen song I'm waiting for 
it's like build up, build up, build up, build up. And I'm waiting for the break in it and the break never comes. And it's just like one big build up. And then the song's song's over. Yeah. There's a formula. I mean, yeah. Like, especially in his earlier albums to me that keyboard was like always prominent in like everything yeah uh kind of changed it up later on but yeah there's a formula that he's really excellent at yeah last summer xrt was playing this version of thunder road from um it was a live version from like 1975 and it was it was a little bit different than the version that ended up being released and it was like in this small club it was recorded in this small club and i haven't been able to find it anywhere the only place i've seen it or heard it is on xrt and it it's just phenomenal Mm -hmm. he sounds so great in it but that has one of my favorite lyrics from any song ever you ain't uh you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Is it right? Yeah. You ain't a beauty, yeah, but I mean, hey, you're, you're all right. You're, you're okay. I'll still fuck you. I mean, you're yeah, like you're not hot, but I'll do you. Do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not what I would choose, but eh, you'll do. <laughs> really, I mean, isn't that all anybody wants? You'll do. I fucking <laughs> love that line. Man, that is brutal. Just brutal. Um, oh, oh, that's right. I wanted to say mushrooms. Let's get back to mushrooms for a minute. Holy just, shit! That I know that was a big detour from the mushrooms. <laughs> I, I know. Um, I don't even know how we got there, but anyway, um, I started. So I read this article about mushrooms, and then I was I I saw this. I read that today and then I saw, I got an email notice about this new documentary on Netflix called Have a Nice Trip. Okay. And it's, <laughs> I didn't get all the way through it, but I, I watched most of it tonight. And it is about, it's different celebrities telling stories of their bad acid trips and mushroom trips. Okay. And a lot of it is animated like the stories are animated, but they also have like live interview or interviews with the per, the actual people. And like there's Sting and Sarah Silverman and Jim James and David Koechner and um, Andy Richter and like all of like just a ton of people telling these stories. And it's so funny. The other thing that they do is they do like these mock like like they did a mock LSD after school special. <laughs> so, you know, um, Adam Scott. Yes. He's, <laughs> he, he taught, he like presents the after school special and he's on a playground and he's like, this is your typical American playground. And if you come to this playground, you'll hear kids pushing drugs on each other and trying to get each other to do LSD and like just these total, this totally like ridiculous spoof of an after school special. And like, there were other people in it that I recognized in, in this like skit that they did, but I didn't know who they were, but I know that like they're famous. I just don't know who they are. And I mean, there's just this, 
the thing is this special, this documentary is just like loaded with people and their stories and sting is annoying as usual, but the Sarah Silverman story is great. And they, they focus on a few things like they have like half a dozen or 10 people talk about experiences of driving while on LSD or warning you not to look in the mirror. Like Ben Stiller talks about how you shouldn't look in the mirror while you're on acid because your skin is translucent. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm definitely going to fit, going to finish it. But if you're, if you're at the end of your Netflix rope and you're looking for something that's highly entertaining, check out, uh, have a nice trip and hear all these people talk about their, uh, their, good and bad trips that they've that they've had all right this is out of the ordinary for us i mean usually we're talking about cocaine but tonight we're breaking out the acid and the mushrooms cocaine's a hell of a drug (laughs) oh well that that's a quote by the, the the incredible rick james but we didn't cover little richard's death on last episode no yeah he uh uh, pass away Saturday, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Man, that guy was something. Yeah, he did some. Uh, well, that was funny. I was reading this article on on him, and he had, I uh, I believe, like he had the couple hits in like of uh, fifty seven. 58 i think and and then never achieved the same success commercially but but yet maintained the like popularity yeah all those decades yeah and i mean he was just such a personality Mm -hmm. and like went so far on that and the stuff that he did record was just so good and so like rock and roll defining because right. it was so you know and like everybody just kind of built upon that but like like that whole like tutti fruity like oh my god like i little richard is one of the people that i remember as a kid like i we weren't a big music household but i i knew little richard mm-hmm. you know and it was i it was one of those things where he died and i was like Shit, I didn't even realize he was still alive. <laughs> right. I thought he had died years ago, but um, anyway. Yeah, R.I.P. I, yeah, I mean, I really dig well, like the the like showmanship and the you know he was so. I mean, he wasn't like just. One thing he the guy was fluid. I mean, he was right. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it, it I I've been meaning for the past I guess four days to dive into the Little Richard catalog a little bit, but I I have not done it. So maybe I'll get started on that at some point. So did you realize? So we're talking about music and do you know that there are there's a sect of conspiracy theorists that don't think stevie wonder is blind 
<laughs> no, but I want to hear about it. I mean, there are... <laughs> what is the conspiracy? Like, what is there to gain out of that? What is, what is the, 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 like, rationale behind it? People <laughs> claim that they've had experience, like, interactions with him that um makes them think he he can see and and it's people like Shaq and um uh, uh, Lionel Richie thinks he can see um huh there's more people out there like um you know I think um childish gambino thinks he can see um <laughs> i don't know like i don't know i mean maybe... i've never heard this before but it's interesting yeah like... i and people really think it's either like an act or that he can kind of like see shadows and shit which you fucking might as well be blind if you're just seeing shadows Right. But yeah. I really didn't know there was this like movement that didn't think Stevie Wonder was blind. Well, I, I have to say, when your first example of people who thought that was Shaquille O'Neal, well, I was well, ready yeah, to I did. <laughs> yeah. And even somewhat with Lyle, Lionel Richie, but Childish Gambino, like, I listened to an interview from 2011 with that guy, mm-hmm. Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. At, uh, um, like over the weekend and that that dude I don't know anything about him other than what I know in this interview but he is so smart mm-hmm. and so like this interview makes me want to like go get everything that he's ever done because he, he's just such a smart guy and so funny and so like witty and I, I don't know I was a big fan yeah so if he thinks it then okay, I'm willing to I'm willing to listen at least. If he has some, you know, some interesting uh, music. Yeah, check it out. Well, but, but yeah, I mean, do the whole research on on this thing that people question whether Stevie Wonder's blind. Like one of the like pieces of of, of um, evidence. Like at a show, this like microphone stand was like falling, and he caught it. But oh, I don't know. Like a blind ninja can fucking catch a microphone stand that's falling. I mean, did you watch Bloodsport ever? Come on. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) there was a great movie with Rutger Hauer from the eighties called Blind Fury. Yes, I fucking love that movie. Oh my god, that I love that movie too. I that's one of those that when I was a kid and that would come on, I'd watch it all the time. He had that awesome cane, that walking stick mm-hmm. that had like a huge knife at the at the end of it. And here, okay, you've had thirty years to watch the movie. Spoiler alert: at the end of the movie, he cuts a guy in half with that cane. Yep, with the, the knife on the end of the cane. It's awesome. It is awesome, but. Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That would be the best kept secret in history. (laughs) I think that beats like 
who killed JFK. Uh, <laughs> you know, like any fucking mystery. Yeah. Well, he was born with sight. The story goes. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was born with sight and then lost it when he was a kid, when he had like, um, like rheumatic fever or something or something like that. But, um, but he was also a child star, like as a musician. So here, here, maybe this is how it worked. So they decided that he would be more appealing if he was a blind kid and then to sell records, they're like, Hey, this kid can't see, but he can sing really well. And kind of as a novelty act. And then like, once you say somebody's blind, you can't say he's unblind. Right. So he just kind of had to go along with it. Yeah. I don't know. He I was know. born premature. And when he was in the incubator, it had too much oxygen in it, and it called caused retinopathy of prematurity. Oh, okay. Patched retinas, basically. Huh. Yeah, likely story. I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, somebody should, like, do a test. Like, you know, everybody's got a phone now. Like, go up to him and, like, I don't know, throw a baseball at him well, and see if he catches well, him or something. Yeah, I mean, well, well didn't he, um, wasn't he, <laughs> wasn't he driving a car once and had a bad car accident? <laughs> what? No, like, hang on. I don't think so. Was he the passenger? I thought they, like, tried to let him drive. <laughs> I, I don't remember that story. Is it, oh. Although I do I, although I no. do get nervous as hell every time I go to an ATM and there's <laughs> Braille on the ATM. Maybe it was a joke and I just misunderstood it. <laughs> he was in a car accident in, uh, in the early uh, 70s. But it doesn't say whether well, whether he was a passenger or the driver. I, I thought they were like fucking around and like well, letting him drive and it went wrong. Listen, if you let a blind guy drive, you deserve whatever happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he actually, maybe. If you have road now, imagine if you're following a blind guy. Maybe, maybe they were like taking the testing to the next level. They were like, dude, dude, you're not really fucking blind. Fucking drive the <laughs> car. <laughs> If you're blind, you're gonna kill us. You better see real fast. Right, right. Oh man. All right. Well, is he still touring? Um, I don't know. I think he does show like touring, like all out touring. I don't know. He's younger than I thought he was. He he's seventy. Okay, which oh okay. Well, I was I, gonna guess he was close to eighty. Yeah. So I think he still does some some shows. 
All right. Well, let's get Stevie Wonder tickets and figure out a way to test his vision. Right. Well, I mean, I'm going to throw a fucking rock at his head. No. <laughs> because, I mean, if he is fucking blind, it like, I don't want to be the asshole that, like, hits Stevie Wonder in the head with a rock. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we have to think of something like, you know, like send send like a naked lady to run across stage and like if he follows her with his face then you know like or i mean i can i don't know we'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) if that's not a if that's not a reason to listen to the future episodes then i don't know what is Right, that will be part of uh, part of the experiment show. Yes, where we for sure. try, at, you know, making real popcorn, eating Chick Fil A, um, doing the Stevie Wonder blind test, uh, <laughs> microwave Wait, cooking. What, what was the popcorn thing? No, I don't know. I think I just got confused. Uh, it uh, it was. Uh, microwave recipes. Oh, right. Yeah, the microwave right. popcorn. Yeah, but you can also make make popcorn just in a pot on the stove. Right, too. right, right. Yeah, that's right. Burning my pubes. That's a, <laughs> another experiment. Maybe you can get a big, big microwave and try to burn them in the microwave. Right. That's a bad idea. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Um... Uh, oh, here, here, here's an update. I mentioned weeks ago that I was going to do a sourdough starter. Oh, yeah. I've been working on the sourdough starter. I made the second loaf of bread last night. The second loaf was much better than the first loaf, which was still good. But the second loaf has lots of nice air pockets in it. It had a nice chewiness to it. And it was much, it was more sour than the first loaf. So I think it will grow in sourness as time goes on. But I've got the starter going. I'm feeding it three times a week, keeping it going. Uh, I have to find a, a, a recipe, a better actual bread recipe, though, because the current recipe that I'm using is from the Bread Bible, which I've talked about on here before, which I'm a little bit skeptical of. But it's a two-day recipe to make a loaf of bread. So it's quite involved. I would like something a little bit less involved, but... And something that rises a little bit better, but I think that might just have to do with the wetness of the dough. So I'm working on that. Too. So if you want a loaf of sourdough, let me know and I'll, I'll make one for you if you guys will eat it. Hell yeah. I'm interested in little, getting some uh, wet dough. Hook yeah. me up. It's, it's good. Um, so, all right. Well, that's that's been on my list of, of things to cover here. Um Let's see. Do we have something quick to talk about here? Because we're. Yes. Okay. I have a. So it's kind of voting season, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do coroners have to campaign? (laughs) That is a great question. I mean, they're like, like. One of the slogans for one of the coroners in Lake County, maybe 
Pastra or David Petranska, whatever his fucking name is. He, a corner you can trust. What does that mean? Are there shady corners out there, like, pronouncing people dead when they really aren't? Are, like, what is... <laughs> What is the shadiness that's happening in the coroner, the coronary world that that I have to wonder, can I trust my local coroner? Right. Now, this is something I think that uh, that the coroner as an elected office might be a local phenomenon. Okay. It would be interesting to hear from other people that live in other places whether you actually have to vote for the coroner. Okay, you think it's an Indiana thing? I think it's a Lake County thing, oh, maybe oh. in Northwest Indiana. Oh shit, it's even I like like more isolated. Guessing. Yeah, I'm just guessing. I don't right. know, but my other like the thing that I don't know is like shouldn't. Shouldn't a coroner be like a medical doctor? Aren't they? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. But I i mean, I always thought they should be, but I, I don't know if these yahoos running for coroner are actual medical doctors. Like, wasn't Tra- was Trapper John a coroner? I have in my mind that Trapper John was a coroner. I don't know. I thought Trapper John was a brilliant, like, surgeon, but... Maybe oh, I was yeah. watching the wrong show, but I know you're right. To my knowledge, no, you don't want you don't want the dude working plumbing at like Home Depot to like roll <laughs> up to a car accident, or I mean, right. like I don't know, like maybe it's just like paperwork because if you're calling the corner, you. You you realize that they're dead already. They're just they're to sign papers and pick up the body. Yeah, but you, once again, what is to run on a campaign of being trustworthy? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's. Oh, I I had my um I had my medical dramas confused. It wasn't Trapper John that was a coroner. It was Quincy. Quincy, yeah. Quincy Jack Klugman, who I remember I remember watching that show as a kid. <laughs> Holy cow, that went off the air in 1983 when I was five, and I have vivid memories of watching it. So that I can trace my early memories back to uh, Quincy. But yeah, I mean, there shouldn't be shady dealings in. The coroner's office. Right. Right. And if there are shady dealings to me when you're like, when you're talking about the recently departed and shadiness, usually there's some type of weird activity happening. <laughs> well, HBO always had that series where the, the one guy. Yeah, Dr. Baden or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. that shit was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, but I think I remember hearing in recent years that even that guy has grown shady and oh, has really? like some questionable, yeah, some questionable conclusions and things. I don't, I can't think of any examples, but like I just remember like his, a 
<laughs> like his day job is a vendor at like Fenway Park. I mean, <laughs> Michael Bodden is that the guy's Bodden, name? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Doctor Autopsy. Um, okay, so he he was one of the guys that um, that oversaw Jeffrey Epstein's. Uh, autopsy, and he said that his his the fracture in his, in his neck were more consistent with homicide. So why is that shady? That's just him fucking being honest. No, it it, it wasn't that one though. It was uh... okay. He 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 testified on behalf of Phil Spector. Okay, that's shady. Well, I mean, what did he say? I don't know. I'm just getting this from Wikipedia. I don't have enough time to look for that. Okay. Um, we've already covered Phil Spector's shadiness. Right. So so on this uh, last topic, it's short also, and it kind of runs with signs. I have noticed a certain uh, Lake County lawyer, okay, I don't want to name names, because he could be listening and might sue us, obviously, because we're <laughs> so fucking huge. So this lawyer had ads, okay, billboards, okay. He just had a fucking suit on and a, you know, he's a good-looking guy, whatever, older. But now his most recent billboards, he's wearing a fedora. <laughs> what is... <laughs> what's up with the fucking fedora like if you... is this guy's initials ka yes okay <laughs> he's wearing a fedora if you're wearing a fedora you're still my friend okay i'm cool with it i would wear one but i just don't like are you trying to look like a backstreet boy or are you trying to look like al capone and it, and neither one is right or wrong. I'm just wondering, like, okay, no, we have to change these billboards up. Or are you trying to look like fucking Frank Sinatra? I mean, I don't know <laughs> what, like, either he came up with it or one of his marketing assholes came up with it and said, hey, this is a great idea. <laughs> no, we have to update your billboards. Let's fucking put a fedora on you. <laughs> is is there a famous lawyer that has a fedora? I, fuck, I don't know. I know two famous wait, wait. lawyers. Dick Tracy wore a fedora, right? He wasn't a lawyer, but... Dude was a cop. But the two famous lawyers are fucking Perry Mason and fucking uh, uh, Matlock. And... No, I yeah, I need one of them more yeah. fedoras. Uh, I don't know. Hey, it's I mean, an interesting phenomenon. He's a personal injury attorney, so... Right. But he helps... Uh, you know, he donates to, like, kids reading and... Yeah, other yeah. I mean, local charity. And, stuff, I mean, yeah. that's cool. That's A, yeah. but... And, 20 years ago when I worked in the grocery store in Valpo, he was a regular there and he was a really nice guy. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, always like, I'm like, I'm sure he's cool. I'm sure he, uh, if he uh, ran for coroner, we can call him trustworthy. But, 
but the whole, but the whole fedora, like the whole fedora thing, is just odd. Maybe, maybe he's just he he's a little bit beyond midlife, but maybe it's like a late midlife crisis. Maybe he's trying to uh, renew his youth or something, right? Yeah, I don't know. He thinks his youth took place in 1945. Or <laughs> <laughs> a fedora is one of those things that, like, very, 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 very few people these days can pull off. <clears throat> you have to be a very specific type of person to pull that right. off. Right. So, and it's like one in a million. Yeah. I mean, in you know, New Orleans, they're a thing. Um, I have one. I'll wear one down there periodically um not on a billboard no i mean it's just like like i've known him as this one billboard yeah and to suddenly in the last week or so driving past multiple billboards and thinking what's up with the fucking fedora it's just odd well you know now i have something to miss about my commute because i would go back i on the way to work that i would pass a few of his billboards Mm -hmm. and i i won't be seeing him in in his fedora but maybe it's just the natural evolution of things because you know 15 years ago he was just on the back of a phone book right well yeah he started doing billboards and now it's like okay well now i got to do the fedora billboard well there's a uh, another lawyer that we won't name on here when his billboard he, he's based out of Maryville and when his he uh, looks like Kelsey Grammer to me <laughs> and when his billboards first came out he had this like pissed off face and he's like pointing he, and I always thought like he looks like a fucking asshole. Like I seriously wouldn't. He he's like accusing me or or or, or like calling me guilty already. I'm not hiring him. And <laughs> uh, and then a few months after that, the billboards changed. He retook the picture with a grin on his face, and he's still pointing, but he looks happier. Okay. So somebody was thought like i did like whoa dude you fucking look like scary lawyer man and you're uh, and you're not drumming up business no let's somebody did a little market research retake this picture put a grin on you and then during the holidays they'll like run this billboard where he has a santa claus hat on <laughs> <laughs> But he's still pointing, but it's yeah. like totally innocent. Nice. <laughs> All right, lawyer billboards. That's something you don't get from other podcasts. Exactly. Oh, here, YouTube video recommendation of the week. You just reminded me of it. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Okay, what if is it? haven't seen it, go drop everything. As soon as this, this episode's over, drop everything. Go to YouTube and type in Kelsey Grammer falls off stage. Okay. And you'll see Kelsey Grammer on stage giving a speech, walking back and forth, and then he goes to the side of the stage and falls off. Nice. And he cusses, and it is just 
I, I love it so much. I, I could watch, it's like 35 seconds long. If you watch it, you'll never forget it. It'll be the best thing you've ever seen on the internet. Oh, that's so awesome. Kelsey falls off stage. Kelsey, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but that was funny. It happened to all of us. Like it probably happens when you're drinking bourbon with uh, laying ice because I Is that what you're doing? Yes. Um, I'm having a 1792 small batch bourbon. It's out of uh, it's out of Kentucky. It's out. I think it's out of the Barton Distillery in Bardstown, which is owned by Sazerac Company because Sazerac Company owns everything. But um, <laughs> um, it's a very good bourbon that is inexpensive. Um, you should, uh, as you are trying to get into bourbons, I would highly recommend this one. Uh, it's, uh, it runs twenty eight bucks, thirty two dollars, and it's really, really good, really smooth. Yeah, um, but it's really good with one or two laying ice cubes. If you want it neat and warm, that's awesome. Uh, periodically, I like to chill it with a couple laying ice cubes because I know after all these years, uh, if I want to make my drink happy and my mouth happy, I use laying ice. There's no other way. No. Um, I'm drinking. Uh, I, I, I decided to broaden my scotch horizons after you, after you recommended the Glen Fittich to me, mm-hmm. I, that bottle is almost gone. Okay, uh, I went and got the Glen Livet tonight. Okay, very good. And um, that's what I've been working on, and it is delicious. I am, I am glad you're you are liking these. So these are stepping stone scotches. I think they're they're an excellent entry level. Uh, you'll get the complexities, but now um, doors will open. Other, 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 um, other scotch experiences are 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 uh, on your horizon. Yeah, I went to um, the liquor store that I usually go to has been curbside only, okay. and, but tonight was i ended up at um uh i don't remember the name of it the, the one on uh rig and calumet and went in there and they had quite a variety and the glenn Livet was was um it was one of the ones that you recommended that i remembered so i figured so are I'd... they are they open now or, or yeah, can you head like time. like head in now yeah yeah it surprised me so um yeah, I, was, I don't know. Now, I just noticed this. This says Glenlivet 12 years of age. Mm-hmm. But then the bottle date is 11-2-17. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so is this like 15 years of age now? No. Um, it, they just bottled it in 2017 with barrels that, that have been aging 12 years. Oh, okay. okay. Once it's bottled, it stops aging. Ah, okay. That was that. Okay, that's good to know. Right. Yes. 
All right. Cool. Well, it's good. And I, I will, um, I, I do want to do a little taste test, compare, compare the Glen Livet to the Glen Fittich and see if I can detect a difference because. Maybe um, one of these podcasts, like we had the Pearl Jam podcast, we can have a side podcast of, of uh of uh whiskey tastings which could be scotch bourbon rye whatever that would be good yeah. well yeah yeah we'll definitely do that um i i was i was driving around tonight around sunset it was somewhat warm out and i had the windows down and it felt like the beginning of a summer evening oh i like that and i really hope that we're able to get back to some semblance of normal before cold weather comes back and we can do a drive around podcast. Yes. Episode. That is on our radar still. I th- yeah. That, that, that would be, would be awesome. Time. The, uh, the late night drive is, is a Brett and Brian tradition. So yep. to be able to record a, uh, an episode would be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at the forecast, for the next week, we'll have some possible opportunities for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's looking good. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for talking. Absolutely. And uh, thank you guys for listening uh, to episode forty. We're 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 racking up the numbers here. And uh, if you come back Monday, we'll have episode forty-one, and it'll be even better than episode 40. I know that's hard to imagine, but it probably will be better. So uh, thanks for listening. Tell a friend and we'll talk to you on Monday. Bye-bye.